What's up, everybody? This is your girl, author Monique Duel, and welcome to a special episode of Having a Moment with Moni. Man, can I tell y'all that the first independent Black Author Expo was amazing? Shout out to Sister Stephanie and her team for putting together such a magnificent event for us. We networked, we laughed, we danced, we heard some awesome poetry, the band was cranking, all of the authors were phenomenal. I mean, it was a time. And if you missed it, you missed it. Sorry. Um, I had the opportunity of doing a few live interviews, taking photos, networking with some of my sisters and brothers who are in the author game, some really dope people. Oh, man, I, I am still reeling from the connections and all of those kinds of things. Shout out to Dr. David Evans and the Pick TV Network, who was there live doing interviews. I have been working with him as the DMV business manager for a minute, but I finally got to meet him face to face in person. And it was a time. And so I am appreciative of this opportunity to be able to showcase this ability and who we are and what we do. And so one of the interviews that I did. It was with Sister Kendra, who is the daughter of author April Goodwin, Mama G for short. She was the first individual that I met when I walked in the room and she was just a ray of sunshine, a ray of positivity and light. And we laughed and we had such a time together. It was like we had known each other our whole lives. And so shout out to Mama G for loving on me. She was pouring into me. Uh, she was ministering to me. She made sure that I was okay, uh, despite all that she had going on. And so I, lo I love it when God puts a plan together. So to everybody who came out to support us at the expo, thank you. And we're looking forward to hearing from you and making connections and doing business and going to the top together. So Sister Kendra um, overheard me speaking to her sister, uh, concerning being on her podcast and she wanted to ask me questions she was curious about my story and about my journey and I allowed her to interview me live when I was there and I told her that she can ask any questions that she liked and so she did just that and so I wanted to share part one of this interview with you um, because I feel that anytime that I get to be transparent and share my story my issues and my trauma and my trials is somebody else's breakthrough somebody else's point of of origin in their own story to say hey if she can do it and God brought her through it then I can go through this or that and so that's what it's all about each one reach one right each one reach one teach one rescue one you know, deliver one. And so this is a brief, well, no, this is the entire interview of um, Kendra asking me questions at the expo. So take a listen. Let's go. Okay, you guys, I am here at the first Black Annual Author Expo and Sister Kendra here wants to have a brief interview with me. So I told her she can ask me any questions she wants and I will answer them for her. So here we go. So we just talked about, we just talked about when she first got pregnant with Jeremiah. And, um, and so I, from that question, um, I want to take it here. No, I do not accept that. I'm not going to I promise you it's going to be 
question first of all um jeremiah was a we didn't know he had cerebral palsy when he was born that didn't come until later um but going from having a normal um well no my labor delivery with my oldest wasn't normal they gave me the epidural and i stopped breathing oh wow so that's that when i woke up he was out um with jeremiah um, having a child that small it definitely was a transition because i had to leave the hospital empty-handed because I couldn't take him home. He was too small. He was two pounds and 10 ounces. Um, I did not get to hold him when he was born. Um, I had to rely on pictures and phone calls from the nurses and, you know, those things and going back and forth to see him as much as I can. Ronald was two years old, so I had already had a toddler at home. So I had to split my time between them two. So there was a lot of guilt, a lot of pain and anger like what did I do wrong you know what did I do to cause my child to be born this early did I do too much because I was taking care of my mom and my siblings then while I was pregnant it was definitely definitely different because first of all I was bleeding the whole time so I was always in pain always bleeding always cramping um, to finally having him and not knowing what was going to happen when he came out um, was scary very and uh, it was definitely different um, like I said, I, I knew I had a baby, but I came home without one. And so I had to look at the bright side that at least he wasn't dead, but where do I go from here? So yeah, it was a very scary time. It was definitely different. Um, I had to love Ronald a little bit more and stuff like that, trying to cope and soothe myself, not thinking about how my husband at the time might have felt if he was angry or scared or anything like that. Because, you know, men trying to be bricks and be men, and we need to stop telling men, stop telling men not to cry, not to feel. Um, and so, yeah, it was an adjustment for both of us. We, we were scared. We didn't know what to expect, if he was going to survive. Um, he was hooked up to quite a few machines for heart rate, breathing. He was jaundiced, so he had the little things on his eyes with the light beaming on him to, you know, get the jaundice out of his skin. So we started out with a lot. So we didn't know what to expect. So that's kind of how it was. It was a very scary time. Like, you know, that is very telling, like, that, that testimony of the transference of your child. To his childhood, literally was literally hospital visits. Yeah. Which is literally yeah. hospital visits at the hospital visits with your two-year-old. Yeah. I can only just imagine how tough that was for you. Like, that's already a lot of them to tackle. Okay. It's like you didn't know at first that he was special needs and also that 
Like, and then, like, you finally get him home. Yeah. And then you find that out. Like, what did you do? Um, Jeremiah stayed in the hospital for about three and a half, four months, um, and we still didn't know, you know, that he had CP. We just knew that he was born early and that he was going to have some sort of deficits. They didn't know what. Um, it wasn't until he started going for his checkups and things like that after he got home and he was not meeting milestones. Like, for instance, I would dangle a toy in front of him. He would just look at it instead of reach for it. Um, I would, you know, talk to him or whatever, and he would he wouldn't coo or whatever the case may be. He wasn't like trying to suck on his fingers or, you know, pull up. You know how they do your fingers like this for them to pull up on. He wasn't pulling up and all that. And I expect, and I was like, okay, fine. He gonna do it when he get ready. I didn't think anything was literally wrong. You know, not like that. You know. And so when we took him for his checkup and the doctor tried to get him to pull up on his fingers and dangle toys in front of him for him to reach and put him on his stomach for him to roll over, he wouldn't do it. And so that was, those were the moments that we knew that something was very wrong. We just didn't know what. And then that's when the doctor said, um, um, according you know, to the tests and things like that, that they had did that his muscle control and motor functions were not there. And they said that, you know, we're sorry, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Dewey, your son has cerebral palsy. And I'm like, what the bleep is cerebral palsy? You know, he ain't had no pamphlets or nothing. He just said he had cerebral palsy. He walked out and said, I'll give you a list of information for you to call and make appointments and things like that. You're in for a lot of care, a lot of, you know, medical needs and all of that. And I was like, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they have to learn how to remain neutral. They're not supposed to necessarily feel, but it just felt like, you ever seen the cartoons and you see the volcano explode and just go, bam! Yeah. That's how I felt in my heart and in my spirit. I'm like, so I'm going to have a special needs son like my brother. That was my first thing because my brother is autistic. So I was like... Now I'm going to be labeled as that mom, like my mom was. So it's like all of these things was coming to my head, you know, remembering my son being teased in childhood for stemming and being, you know, made fun of. And just like, what is my son's life going to be like? Is he going to live? Is he going to die? Does he got to stay in the hospital the rest of his life? I mean, my brain was going like 295, like it would still do today. But I didn't really know how to feel or what to do. I, I felt really bad. I felt really guilty. I think that was the moment of when I first started suffering from depression, outside of suffering postpartum depression. So I was already suffering from postpartum and didn't realize it. So I was doubly depressed, if that makes sense. Wow. Wow. That's so for the depression myself. So I understand Tashia, you know. Do you know this all
that your life is going to change. Like, when did you first get the inkling of back then that your life was really changing to wherever when it came to being disabled, whether you or your family being disabled? Um, when I was growing up, I didn't really... I didn't really know that my brother had autism. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that he was stemming and he was special or he was slow. That's what we said back then. Or he was retarded. Um, and realizing that he didn't know how to do a lot of things and I told him how to tie his shoes and all that kind of stuff, realizing that he needed a lot of help, it made me more aware of why my mother was the way she was. Um, she was a correctional officer for DCPS, DC jail. Not DCPS, sorry y'all. Um, and she was coping by using drugs. She was on drugs. That was, that was the way she was coping. I didn't understand that in the beginning. And it took for us to have, I think, a, a blowout. We had some sort of blowout for me to realize that she is literally trying to cope with the pain of having a child that people are calling retarded and slow. Outside of whatever she went through in her own childhood and things like that. Um, she was verbally abusive. She was physically abusive. And I think that it was because she did not have that support. And this is what disability is all about. My mother did not have that support to say, hey, your child has special needs. Here are support groups and things like that. That was unheard of back then. If you had a disabled child, you was treated like crap. You was treated like a second-class citizen. You were you know, discriminated against, you were seen as something unclean or whatever. Even to this day, and I hate to say it, we still are. Um, we, we still are considered, okay, well, what's wrong with her? You know, as far as relationship-wise, you know, it, it's been my experience in some of my relationships where men felt like, okay, I was an easy target because I had a special needs kid and I was just going to settle. You know, and so realizing it now in hindsight that she's gone, that she really did not have the support. Had she had the support from, you know, our family and friends like that, other than them just taking my brother and watching him, but pouring into her, letting her know that she was beautiful and that she was special and that, you know, that she didn't have to go that route to cope and things like that. I believe that she would still be alive today. I, I just believe that in my heart of hearts. I wish that she had had this that we're doing right now for her to cope with my brother's autism, to know how to get along in the world and not just kind of run from the fact that he had it and just do all of these mechanical things, which is what I ended up doing. You know, when you have a special needs kid, you you do all of the mechanical things to try to save face because you don't want people to ask you questions. And then when they ask those questions, they ask more questions. And then they make assumptions. And then you're thinking, they must think I'm the most horrible person in the world because I have a special needs kid. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, we don't get invited to stuff because my son is in a wheelchair. We don't, we get told about things, not invited, difference. You know, we see pictures of it on social media after the fact. Oh, I would have invited you, but this is the conversations that I get. This is, this is what I get. Yes, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, you know, life was very different, you know, with him. And then to become a mom... My experience went from utter joy with, you know, my first kid to being shot to hell with my second one because I was devastated. 
I was I was grateful that my son was alive, but I was devastated and afraid. You know, I was traumatized even. What what am I supposed to do with this teeny little baby that can't thrive for himself? What am I supposed to do? You know, so yeah, it was way different with my oldest son and my youngest. Um, and when he grew up, I had to apologize to him and say, hey, I'm sorry that I did not give you the attention that I should have given you because I didn't know how. I had to divide myself between you and your brother and your brother needed more care. I didn't know how to overcome that. And I was depressed and angry, you know, cause your father and I had divorced and things like that. Some things went on that I don't want you to know about yet, but you will find out, you know, and all of that. And so I was really careful with my words when I wrote my book because I knew that at some point he, he knows he's gonna read it. He's going to read it. Well, like, because, you know, there's some people out there that still wishing dead. You know, there's some people that still, you know, even if they don't wish you dead, they want to make sure that they name not in there. Because they don't want you to say nothing about what happened and tell your truth. Okay? Yeah. And so when I did my book, I was careful because I'm like, well, this is what happened. This is what happened to your mother. I'm going to tell you the truth, and then you can make the decision how you want to deal with your father. I would never keep you away from your father because, you know, what happened back then is what happened back then and it's over. However, I had to take time to heal and get myself together and things like that. And so we could not remain married for me to keep you and I safe, you know, to keep you guys and myself safe. It had to be done. And so, yeah, I was, color I was, I was very careful with my words, but I told the truth. And so now that he's older, um, you know, when he started to lash out and show anger and things like that, he literally started to see what it was that I wasn't saying to him the whole time. And so, like I said, this is what all this is for. I'm very transparent. I will tell you how I got through being abused and sexually assaulted. I will tell you what to do when you feel a certain way and the emotions that I felt and stuff like that because I feel like if I tell it to somebody else, that'll help deliver them. I just want to say just thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your bravery. And I thank you for having, you know, the strength because it takes not only the but major courage major faith to really step out on your story because a lot of people of can't list. step out on their story because they're ashamed i, that I, I was i ain't gonna lie i was i was for a long time a very long time yeah and i just i thank you for really stepping out on faith and just really putting yourself out there in a way where not only is it relatable and also just very straightforward because I love it because you're a spitfire. I love it so much. I've enjoyed this talk. I have so many more questions, but that'll be a part two. Yeah, because we got to get out of this We got to get out of here. Right? Yeah, they packing up, but we still say it. But I am so grateful for your story. As dramatic and as, like, as horrible and even major and so much emotional distress mm -hmm. and so much emotional toll and so much you know not only just grief but like and just like in terms of just all the things you have to experience but also really healing just each 
chunk of the trauma. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still healing. Can I say that? Y'all, I am still healing from childhood things into adulthood. So this is just one, you know, another step in, in the ring to freedom. Yeah, so you take it one day, one step at a time, I always say that. And so I just I just want to say that what you're doing with this with this ability is really is really this is like I'm so glad that that God made you pregnant with this and that you worked it out. Yeah, because I want listen, y'all. I wanted to abort several times. I even tried to abort several times, and I said this on a lot of my shows and podcasts. I ain't want it. Let's just be honest. I ain't want it. I was ashamed, embarrassed, angry, lost, broken. But God has kept me, and so if I'm not gonna say if God is able to keep me, He is more than able to keep you. And so if you're watching this and you have been toiling and wrestling with whatever your ministry or or your gifts is the vision that God has given you go for it go for it because it is for your good and his glory okay I love y'all stay tuned for part two y'all love y'all all right guys and so that was the amazing interview with sister Kendra uh, who sat across from me with Mama G, April Goodwin at the first annual uh, Independent Black Author Expo. And um, just to be able to have this candid conversation with her and her sister was freeing for me, uh, for me to admit that I spent years in darkness trying to um, mask you know, the pain and the trauma of having uh, a, a, a special needs child and what it was like growing up with a special needs sibling with a mom who was, you know, trying to cope with her life and her dysfunctions uh, really just set off a chain of events. Uh, my prayers are different now. As far as how I pray for my mindset, for myself, for my bloodline, for my children, for my children's children and all of those kinds of things. When you realize the point of impact where the trauma began, which is the root of the problem, that is where real freedom begins. When you are able to boldly admit that you are in a place whether you feel ashamed or not to admit that you feel ashamed and embarrassed that you're in that place and being as brutally honest as possible. I have discovered that when the word of God says that um, when it talks about truth in the inward parts, being true to yourself, to thine own self, be true. Uh, it, it is it is free because you're not bound by it anymore. You're ripping the bandaid off and saying, here it is. Here's the scar. Here is the cut. Here is the sore that is healing. And so um, I am grateful that this beautiful sister thought that I was so amazing and so inspirational that she wanted to ask me questions. And she literally wants to do a part two, y'all. So um, we will get to that. At some point, um, it's only been a couple of days since the expo and, you know, we have gone back to our lives and things like that. So keep your ears tuned. Uh, 
to having a moment with Moni. Uh, there's more wonderful things coming. And uh, so I thank God for her and Mama G and Sister Stephanie and the expo. It, it, it was it was it was something to see and something to behold, you guys. So when it comes around again next year, I don't care what y'all got going on. Y'all need to be there. If you're an author, a poet, a business owner, you need to be there because it is something. It is changing the it is changing the game for <clears throat> excuse me, independent black authors and all of that kind of thing. You know, if you have if you have a business and in between that business, you're an author like I am. You need to be there. And so um, much love to everybody who uh, made that event possible. And before I get out of here, you guys, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, I um, will no longer be doing having a moment with Moni on Rebel Radio. Uh, things have shifted. And so I will no longer be um, on that platform to do the show. My podcast will not um be silenced however i will still be here with you guys bringing you whatever god allows me to share with you so the podcast will remain um the radio show is no more and so thank you guys for even supporting that in the brief time that it was there uh i am um, in the process of going back to work again <laughs> full time and so things are shifting and I talked about the curve last week on my podcast. And so when, you know, when you get to the curve, slow down, <laughs> you know, adjust your speed and, you know, navigate the curve. And so that's what I'm doing. I am navigating this curve in my life right now. And so I am looking forward to all that God is going to do and still is doing even as I speak. And so thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Having a Moment with Moni to every supporter, everybody who whispers my name in prayer, everybody who sends shout outs and words of encouragement and love. I say this every week. I appreciate you immensely. Um, I am counting down to my birthday, you guys. My birthday is August 30th. Virgos are in the building. And so if you want to be a blessing to your sister, Cash App, Monique Duel, D-U-E-L-L, Venmo, Monique Dash Duel. Um, and paypal.me slash Monique Duel if you want to buy your sister some lunch, a steak, a piece of shrimp, you know, a piece of chicken, a biscuit, whatever. I love you. Thank you for listening. And as always, we are going to whisper a word of prayer. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you for having a moment with Moni. And we thank you, Lord God, for all of the doors that you are opening in our lives, oh God. Thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you for supernatural strength. Thank you, Lord God, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but oh my God, you deliver us from them all. Everyone who is under the sound of my voice listening to this podcast, Father, I pray for strength. I pray for truth in the inward man's that they would reveal their truth and transparency and honesty that someone else may be saved, healed, delivered, and set free, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for our voice print, Lord God. I thank you that your word concerning us will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish where you sent it. So thank you, God, for Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth and righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for the word of the Lord, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Thank you for every listener, every supporter, every prayer partner of having a moment with Moni who um, thought it not robbery to involve themselves in this ability 
who decided to be a part of this movement that you have given me this vision you have given me bless each and every one of them god bless these airwaves oh god that this message will go across the borders go across countries and 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 continents oh god that people will hear the word of the lord and be transformed thereby i thank you and i praise you for this moment in kairos that we will never see again Thank you for your grace and your mercy. You are an awesome, awesome, good, good father. I pray for healing for those who are sick. I pray for provisions for those who are lacking in any area. And for those who want to draw nigh to you, God, that may not just know how, Father. Love on them a little bit more. Draw them nigh to you, God. Let them know that they are safe with you, that their emotions are safe, that their thoughts are safe with you, God, and that you love them beyond measure. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So thank you guys for tuning into this very special episode of Having a Moment with Moni. And I'm gone.